Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, folks, welcome back to the latest and maybe a first edition. We did these last year, mini-episode podcast Check us out of obviously MWWire.com, Facebook, Twitter, all that great stuff, MWC Wire. Jeremy Moss here. We are starting our very first um, non-conference football previews, primers, whatever you want to call it in June here. So we'll hopefully, goal is to get as many teams as possible. I don't know if that's going to be the case, but we got a good one first going on here. Wisconsin Badgers, who are taking on New Mexico and Lobo, so it'll be a football game. And joining us now, I got a good buddy who's been on a couple times before, Jake Kokorowski over at uh, Bucky'sFifthQuarter.com. So thanks for hopping on this evening. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. Great great having, yeah, great talking with you again, man. Exactly. Now we're past our half-hour pre-show of rambling. We're good to go. <laughs> <laughs> That's always fun talking to you, man. Good, good having, good just being back talking with you and a uh, lot to talk about with the Badgers. It is. It should be a, it should be a, well, like, like I said, it's a football game, technically, because Honestly, you and I both know New Mexico has what I can't say zero percent chance, but a couple percent chance. So the main thing about this when we talk about these games that are probably not gonna be close is just get to know get to know the opponent because it can be fun, like hey, New Mexico gets to go to Camp Randall and play the Badgers. That's a pretty big deal. And anything can happen, like a joke it's a football game, but hey, we've seen App State beat Michigan, we've seen Stanford USC, we've seen a lot of big games, like something could happen, but let's start with this really quick with you. Right, Jake, so we got this game. Oh, maybe I should tell when the game begins because TV news came out recently. Uh, Big Ten yeah. Network, uh, what, 12 Eastern, September 8th, week uh, two, maybe week three if you're lucky to play this week zero game. So that's when it comes out. Comes out. So we got some good weather, hopefully, right? It's pretty good weather in mid-September or Labor Day weekend, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, looking at it right now, yeah, it is the 8th. Uh, I think the 31st is Memorial Day weekend, so it's the week after. Yeah. Uh, you're, yeah, I mean, 11 a.m. start. I mean, it should be – I would probably – I mean, it gets hot in that press box. I'll be honest with you. Like, we may be sweating up there uh, just because they don't have – uh, I would say, uh, I mean, the AC works well at the second and third levels, but when you're down at that bottom level, uh, it sizzles a little bit. So, uh, but I, you know, it should be right high, you know, eighties, seventies, right around there, unless a cold front comes through, no, but no yeah, it's usually front. a beautiful time. Uh, and I mean, I was just down at the terrace at the Memorial union terrace just, uh, was it on Friday night? And I, it's, one of the most spectacular sights you'll ever see out there. It's one of the best things to do in Wisconsin, in my opinion, is grab a spotted cow out on the terrace. So, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it should be a good time in September. So let me ask you this with it being 11 AM look, kickoff, what's the tailgating like for that early morning game, man, people still come out, you know, honestly it, it's, you know, I, I used to, I now park where, I've kind of been upgraded, if you will, since I've been covering the team. Now, it's going to be going on five years. I've been covering games for about three of them. Uh, it'll be going on my fourth year on that. They, I'm up in a, the parking where I go through now more of the 
the western side of the the campus but i used to be on the you know the central or e- near eastern part of the campus and i used to walk up and down regent street and there would be tons of people lined up it didn't matter what time it could have been a 2:30 kickoff it could have been so i'd be down there about 12 12 30 could have been there at 11 could have been there at 7 p.m where with a 5 30 so i'd get down there by about 5 5 30 people are tailgating whenever man it, it is uh, it's for those that don't know uh, coming to madison for tailgate you know if you're an opposing teams fan come to come to Madison to check it out I mean for these non-conference games you can probably get them for a decent price uh but also it the, the atmosphere is in my opinion second to none you know and it's a just people are outside grilling it's 7 a.m like I'm there but usually about 8 39 o'clock to get down to to the stadium to get some pre-work done um any injuries just watch what's going on uh, when it comes to pre-game workouts but Honestly, he, you know, people are grilling. The smells are there. You know, you do hear the beer, you know, the the beer cans uh, clattering up against the garbages and whatnot. People are people are having a good time, but it's a sight, man. It's it's always great here in Madison. It makes it one of the best. I know I'm biased because I went to school here, but really, even after school, uh, you get to take in more of the tailgating. It's it's quite the sight. All right, I had a question for you because I recorded the basketball podcast earlier, and right. to, depending when you're listening to this, it's a uh summer season so you're barbecuing or grilling what does he barbecue to you because i want to get i want to maybe take this audio and shove it to our basketball guys face say, hey this is the barbecue not what you told me so out of wisconsin what's considered a barbecue Ooh, i mean you better get you know, you also just, you better give me the right answer i'll look foolish <laughs> right no i mean i mean honestly i mean usually i know you're looking at it like with barbecue like even just i mean straight out grilling you got to have your brats i okay. mean there's different types of brats i mean i'd like clement's Brock, brats out of Milwaukee. Uh, there's also Johnsonville, which is like the main one mm-hmm. in the state now. Uh, you singers in Clements are. I'm from Milwaukee, so those are my two go-to uh, uh, companies for those brats. Uh, brats, you get them in there. You kind of parboil them in some beer and some onions. Okay. Get a little bit of that flavor, and then you throw them up on the grill for a little bit. Get you know, just get a nice. Don't you don't want to like get the casing you know broken too much, and you don't want to uh, leave. You get your basically have a you know a six inch, you know, yeah. burnt, burnt brat. Uh, so you don't want to keep it on there long, but you want to get a little bit of nice crisp there. So I have that. Uh, I mean, it really depends upon which you go to. I mean, the beer is the biggest thing in my opinion when it comes to grilling. Uh, and it, but you know, I would say brats, get some good burgers on there and, and go with it. And I mean, you have like, so I'm sure there's some people there. I mean, you also have with a good pick, you know, good grill out for a tailgate. Mm-hmm. You have crackers. You have you mean your standard Wisconsin crackers, cheese, sausage, yes. um, you know, on that end. So, but no, I I go with my brats. Um, I just parboil them, get some good good flavor in them, and throw them on the grill for a little bit. And voila, man, get some sauerkraut going, some uh, stadium sauce from Milwaukee. That's where the from Miller Park where the brewers are. I have a little bit of that, uh, a little bit of Milwaukee flavor. Can't go wrong. Good answer. So he told me he's from Seattle. So he goes, "There's burgers and hot dogs." I'm like, "Oh, not so much. That's a cookout." <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, I mean, honestly, like you know, I, I I'm trying to eat healthier. Everyone is now, so I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll throw out some like grilled chicken. You know, get some barbecue sauce on that. That I, I it, to me, nothing tastes better than a good barbecued right. chicken no kidding, uh, outside yeah. of a outside of a steak that would cost me way too much money no <laughs> for what I get paid for uh, here at Bucky's Fifth Quarter. But no it is a uh, but no, it, I would say brats, man. It's yeah. I mean. It's good, and if you grill some good hot dogs, if you get some good beef hot dogs, uh, it means like Hebrew National hot dogs are some of my favorite to you. The kids love them, uh, but those are really good quality as well. So I mean, good. You know, there's something to be said about a good grilled hot dog too. But but brats, 
Brats, you gotta take. That's how you take it home. I will say this: brats are probably the most underrated type of food you could grill, have a sort sort of barbecue with, because so many combinations. It's like hot dog, whatever. They can be good, but if you good brat, man, whew, that's the way to go. Exactly. Exactly. All right, so let's get some football stuff here. So we got, as we keep saying, we'll get to the game here, because um, that's a good stuff. The atmosphere, the environment for these games, you don't get to go to. It's like when you go to non-conference road games, Wisconsin. You want to go see what what happens, see what the atmosphere is like. So we kind of bring that to the Lobos fans. Want to make the trek from Albuquerque out there to Madison because have make it a vacation, have some fun, spend a couple of days. So that's kind of we have you as our tour guide a little bit as well, in addition to some football knowledge. So I guess the let's start with this. The biggest question for me for Wisconsin, what I've watched and kind of followed, and it's going to be the same question. You know, you know where I'm coming with this on offense. Um, quarterback accuracy with Alex Hornibrook. What um, he's going to his. Uh, third year but second year as the guy is that correct um it's going to be his fourth year oh, he's fourth gonna be, year. yeah he was he redshirted in 15 16 17 starters yeah he's gonna be a redshirt junior uh heading into this upcoming season so i know he played the cotton bowl a little bit versus western michigan right and last year he played but last year was his first year as basically the full-fledged yeah the starter right yeah so came in as a yeah so oh, what do you guys want to see from him like he had 15 picks last year not great. Wisconsin, we know they're going to run the ball with Jonathan Taylor, but what is the quarterback position what they want to see improve to maybe take the next step to playoff team, challenge for national title, win the Big Ten? Like, is that one of the biggest spots on this team where there could be the most improvement? I mean, yeah, you'll t- you take a look at I mean, yeah, Alex Hornibrook, I mean, the quarterback position at Wisconsin, let me just forewarn everybody, too, as a disclaimer quickly, is that <laughs> ever since Russell Wilson, everyone wants a Wisconsin quarterback to be like Russell Wilson. And it's, it's a nope. once-in-a-generation player, once-in-a-decade type player, and how Wisconsin, how that fell into his life. I mean, Russell Wilson really made the difference for that team where uh, the who was going to be the quarterback, John John Budmeyer, who is the quarterback uh, coach now at Wisconsin, uh, he – you know, he injured his, you know, it could have been Joel Stavi as a true freshman potentially starting for Wisconsin if Russell Wilson did not uh, transfer to uh, to Wisconsin. So that is interesting, uh, is a what if. But, yeah, everyone ever since then, Joel Stavi's had trouble. You know, I mean, basically, I mean, he was a former walk-on turned team captain and starter and all-time winningest quarterback. Uh, Bart Houston had some accuracy troubles and had some t- problems moving the ball. That's why Alex Hornibrook got the the time he did in 2016. And then, you know, Hornibrook this year, yeah, this past year, I should say, in 17, yeah, he had the 15 or seven, but he also had 25 touchdown passes. Mm-hmm. And his performance in the Orange Bowl was a, you hope it's a premonition of things to come for that Wisconsin offense. And really, you know, there in the spring, he took some strides and, you know, it's always one thing where people are like, Oh, you know, this person, you know, in my reports, this person intercepted Alex Hornibrook. Oh, he threw another interception. And like, <laughs> he almost as a reporter, like if people don't, and I always just throw up disclaimers for people during spring practice, who cares if they're interceptions? Because you know, Paul Christ is, has mentioned this, you know, or at least inferred it where, these kids, you know, this is a time for quarterbacks to make mistakes. This is the time where they can go and they can throw the ball however they want to, work on timing with their wide receivers so that they can get continue to get better. You don't want this happening during necessarily the last two weeks of fall camp or during the season, obviously. So make those, you know, test your limits as much as you can. And if you make interceptions, you know, you're learning from them, you'll watch the film and you, you know, as long as you don't see that recurring 
over and over. Uh, and, you know, and, and a lot of the time too, he didn't get a lot of team reps, uh, you know, towards the, I would say from what I saw towards the end of spring ball, just because, you know, I mean, he didn't necessarily need the reps compared to some of the backups like Jack Cohn or Danny Vandenboom. So yeah, I think the next step for him and for this t- offense, which is coming back with your entire starting offensive line, even though the rotation may change and some heads may change when in terms of positions uh you have a heisman caliber running back and jonathan taylor you have four wide receivers right now that i mean it's gonna be interesting to see how they distribute the ball and this offense is going to be high powered where you know we the media some of us have been talking about can they average 40 points a game like they did in 2010 and 2011 which i think is possible and yeah but you know it all really goes with horny brook one if he stays healthy two if that decision making continues and if you see how he builds off that orange bowl performance where he threw for over 250 yards four touchdowns and, and it was the game's offensive mvp so i i you know it my science my prediction he will um but it will be interesting to see how it goes and i mean he will be if there's success you know he'll get some of the credit if they fail or if things don't go their way he'll probably be the scapegoat in fans eyes not in the players or the coaches eyes but the fans will look to him saying why aren't the, why isn't wisconsin's offense doing more yeah look at what he did last year when he put against some pretty good defenses he still put well like i know by wasn't great last year but the defense is still not in that game, they scored 40 points, but he had four touchdowns, no picks in that game. Even the loss to Ohio State, yeah, under 50%, wasn't great, but still a 21-27 game. The Miami game mentioned when they played, um, what else they got? like beating Michigan wasn't great, but they still win. That's part of it, too. It's like twofold. You win, great. But, like, he's, like, you know his numbers better than me, but six, over 60% passing, decent QB rating within the conference. And I guess the only, for me, yeah, 62%. I know you have the 97% completion percentage versus BYU and then like a couple sub-50. <laughs> so it kind of balances out, but he's still, like, if you give me a guy who does 60% of his passes, 25 touchdowns, top throw in the conference, it's a good quarterback, especially with the running game Wisconsin has. Again, the picks, that's kind of a lot, but that's not a deal breaker if you're completing good enough passes. So it's like, I was looking a bit deeper as you are chatting here. It's like, well... And also the Russell Wilson thing, it's like Wisconsin's never had a quarterback like that. You know what I mean? It's like right. it's typically go back even to Ron Dane, hand the ball off 35, 50 times. Let the offensive line of running back do the work for you and have a quarterback who is at least above average, and you're going to be a really good team. And so right. that's what I mean. The next step, you mentioned they bring the line back, the receivers back. If he could go do, what, 66% completion rate, 10 interceptions, 8, that's a huge improvement, even though it's – well, you know what I mean? It's like going from 15 to 8 should be doable. And going four to five percent completion points higher, that could be three more wins on the schedule if that was even available last year, however many they lost. But you know what I mean? It's like right, a small exactly. improvement for him could be huge. And right. So I mean it's great. I mean, It'll be fine. Yeah, no, with Hornibrook too, I mean, like Scott Holzine, who has made his career as a backup right now, he's with the Indianapolis Colts, or at least was last season, you know, he made that jump between 2009 and 2010 where he had, you know, uh, I forgot how many interceptions that his in 2009, but he brought it down to six. Uh, his final, you know, his final year and won the Giant Unitas Golden Arm Award on that end. And so, 
really, you know, that's that's what you want to see this year is if he can get that way with Scott Tolzien, like this, a Tolzien-like year where he reduces those interceptions, those turnovers, increases that per- completion percentage, which I think Tolzien had about 70% completion percentage that year in 2010 for that offense that scored over 40 points per game. So yeah, that's what you want to see. And you, you talk about the once-in-a-generation quarterback. That's why Wisconsin fans right now are really – there's a – Four-star quarterback, could be potentially a five-star quarterback by the name of Graham Mertz out of Kansas City, Kansas. And the kid right now is at the Elite 11 Finals in uh, in California. And, you know, he's doing pretty well, you know, probably has a lined-up shot to become part of the Elite 11. And this kid is being courted by Ohio State, by Notre Dame. Alabama did offer, even though they have two quarterbacks in this upcoming class, uh, Clemson. LSU, like you, you name it with the power fives. He, he has the, he has it down, but he, Wisconsin found him early. They developed a great relationship. So everyone thinks of him as the second coming. So, I mean, with recovering recruiting wise for Bucky's fifth quarter, it's almost like a Mertz watch that we, uh, we called it, uh, with his last to, to do a little pun with his name. So people, they want that quarterback to, to lead them to the promised land. And I mean, obviously it takes a lot more players than just one quarterback, but yeah, it's Wisconsin fans have kind of a weird thing going on right now ever since uh, Russell Wilson. Nothing against him, obviously. He was a great quarterback. Mm-hmm. But ever since then, uh, you know, the quarterback, there's a big bullseye in those, in that, you know, on that position group. True. It, it makes sense because, hey, look what he can do, but it's not even the norm ever for the most part. So let's go to, not to spend too much more time on the offense, but the best player, at least I, you can tell me if I'm wrong or not, is Jonathan Taylor. He's second-team All-American last year. Probably, ex- I believe he exceeded any expectation people had last year as a true freshman. What is his, like, what's the hype now surrounding him? Because he had almost 2,000 yards, uh, Doak Walker finalist. I'm assuming, like most people, it should be one of the top five guys for the Heisman coming into the preseason. Do you think that's fair to put that upon him? I think that's fair. I think it's more than fair. What uh, you're also saw in the spring, too, when watching him, like, at the beginning of the practices, he would actually individually work out. Uh, Kari Lyles would be the quarterback who's no, he just transferred out or he announced his intention to transfer uh, recently, uh, because he got beat out, uh, even for that, he got beat out for the backup spot. And then also for, uh, I think Danny Vandenboom probably usurped him as the number three quarterback, but I, I digress, but Taylor would work out with Paul Chris, the head coach on route running. So I think that's the next phase for Jonathan Taylor is becoming that all around back. You saw what he could do with the ball in his hands on the ground. And there are some limited opportunities that he did have as well in the passing game that, you know, look good that were promising. And I mean, he broke out last was it last fall camp during a scrimmage at the big 10 network was at where he took a screen pass and he took it 60, 70 some odd yards for a touchdown. So I think that's the next evolution for him is, you know, can he be that Saquon Barkley type back that can do both out of the backfield in the running game and in the passing attacks uh, for Wisconsin's offense. But yeah, I mean, he barely got any reps at running back with running the ball in like a team setting or no one really tackled him. But you could just still tell that he has that ability to, he has that, I mean, covering him last year, there's a maturity on and off the field with, with just, you know, uh, just his, uh, he's humble enough with being a player like that where he just, you know, not getting too ahead of himself. He knows he's a freshman. He knows, he knows he has a lot to improve on. Uh, He's saying all the right things, but it's a combination of patience on, on, in the backfield for blocks to be set up. It's, 
then like he came college ready as a high school fresh, you know, as a, as a, you know, high school mm-hmm. senior coming into college. I mean, he had that college body already uh, and they molded it further. And yeah, this year, I think it could be, I mean, we'll see how much he was. He was 23 yards away from 2000 mm-hmm. for the season. Will he get that much? Uh, he definitely has the ability to, especially behind an offensive line, like I said, that has three returning All-Americans and then uh, potentially another All-American ca- candidate, in my opinion, in Tyler Biotish at center. And then we'll see what they do with left tackle um, on that note where they may slide Michael Dieter back into left guard and then we'll see what they do at left tackle, potentially with uh, a guy named Cole Van Lannon, who's a f- former four-star prep standout uh, from in state here in green Bay. But really it honestly, I, I think the sky's the limit for him. I think he could do so much. I think he could get 2000 yards, but then again, like I said, well injuries, if he gets uh, you know dinged up a little bit, also he had a fumbling problem. I think that's one thing he has to really work on there. Uh, and if he can continue to progress as a, in the passing game as a blocker and as a receiver, you know, there's, there's just, they have three years left or two more years yeah. left with them, 18 and then 19. And then he'll declare early in my opinion. So, you know, it, which would be smart on his part, especially with all the t- touches he got last year. And I'm sure he'll get plenty more this year and next year. But he, honestly, I mean, I'm also wondering with touches with the offense, uh, four wide receivers that are really good. Quintez Sivas, Danny Davis, AJ Taylor, Kendrick Pryor, they stand out and how many they'll get. I mean, the, each of them have a dynamic ability about them and they, they made their presence against Miami. And even before his injury against Indiana, Cephas was having an all big 10 year. And I don't, you know, I don't see him dropping off. He looked good towards the, he was actually practiced the last two practices of spring after being held out. And honestly, uh, he looked impressive. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, but I, I'm, you know, Jonathan Taylor, I mean, Wisconsin's running game, that's their bread and butter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't see that changing. And I think he's got a big year ahead. That's what it seems like. Yeah. And also that blocking and pass catching. I don't care how good you are at running back. That's always one thing they got to work on no matter what. So it's all, it's always there to it's all, like the NFL like I like the Cowboys Zeke Elliott same thing great run of the ball but you got to catch and pass block that's always something you got to work on but it'll be great to see because he's gonna be amazing this year but let's go to defense here because he, that's what we go to next after offense or defense <laughs> their defense is always amazing and great looking at what they did last year and historically it's like nothing new we're gonna be groundbreaking here for what they do they led the league in what yards per play total yards yards per game I believe. And they bring back, if I'm correct, pretty much at most, at least half the defensive production, right? Just about just over half, like picks, TFLs, all about half their guys are back, right? Um, I mean, really, I mean, some of the production. I mean, when T.J. Edwards said he was going to come back, the All-American inside linebacker, that really helped out. But they're still replacing seven of the eleven defensive starters from last year, and plus two other contributors. Um, and so you're missing nine big, big uh, players. So, I mean, honestly, that's the biggest question mark. And that, I mean, it's not being overly pessimistic about a team. It's, it's being realistic where you have three, you know, three contributors, major contributors on the defensive line, leaving all were defensive ends that rotated in. So defensive end, you have one, at least one player from last year that played a position in Isaiah Loudermilk who he was injured at times too. So he didn't get essentially a full year playing, but he's shown he's a six, seven, 300 pound 
end that really can get up the field and pass rush when he needs to at times. But, you know, he's also gotten up to bat some balls. Uh, Garrett Rand switching over from nose guard, a nose tackle to end. And he's looked good. He, he's he's built and he's strong at about 270, uh, about 6'2", 6'3", 270 ish and, and can really explode. He's one of the strongest players on the team. Uh, but and then then, you know, as so Olive Sangapolu, the nose tackle, about 330-ish, uh, can do a backflip. So, I mean, like, they have the starters there. Yeah, no, the video went viral of him doing a backflip. Oh, is that who Hawaii. it was last week or yep. something? Yeah, okay. and Olive is crazy athletic when it comes to uh, that. He does splits. He, you know, he's shown that before. He did a backflip in high school even. So, I mean, like I said, he, he could be a special talent. I think if he keeps that weight down, uh, he could be used more, but I mean, behind them, the depth is really interesting at defensive end. I think Aaron Vopel, who's a redshirt freshman could step in and help with the rotation, but they're going to need more guys from some unproven names in that area. Outside linebacker besides Andrew Van Ginkle, who really stepped up. I mean, this is another year where two more Badger starters, you know, are finding homes in the NFL. Two years ago, T.J. Watt and Vince Beagle uh, anchored the Wisconsin's uh, outside linebackers. They let, they are now in the NFL. This past year, Leon Jacobs and Garrett Dooley didn't have maybe the same production uh, as high as numbers, but they still produced a lot. Uh, and Dooley signed as an undrafted free agent with the Vikings, and Leon Jacobs is the seventh-round draft pick and probably working at the Sam linebacker position for the Jacksonville uh, Jaguars. So you have those guys. So now it's another year where they have to replace starters there. Andrew Van Ginkle worked in with the rotation, a JUCO transfer, and he shined a lot towards the end of the year, had a pick six against Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship game. Also had an interception against Miami that really turned the tide in, in Wisconsin's favor before it got too out of hand uh, down in Miami. So really, it honestly, it's uh, you know, they need to find someone next to him. If it's Zach Bond, who is a crazy athletic but also has to deal – I mean, he's dealt with injuries and even was injured during spring camp for a portion. There's a walk on Tyler Johnson that's that, that stepped up. Uh, but there's another, you know, three or four players behind him, uh, behind them that, you know, can they be full-time contributors? Or are they going to be used in certain sub packages? We'll see how that goes. Uh, inside linebackers, their strongest part where you have TJ Edwards and then Ryan Conley, a former walk-on who led the team in tackles last year. You also have Chris Orr who has starting experience. And so, I mean, they have the best linebacking inside linebacking core in the nation, I believe. And Ryan Conley, Conley in my opinion, is heavily underrated. Uh, great run stuffer, can really – go you know when you say something he just goes full jet you know puts the jets on uh and really can get to the the ball carrier or the quarterback uh in the backfield uh but you know secondary wise two minutes uh, i mean they they lose three of their four starters dakota dixon's the lone returner uh, he's a strong safety behind you know at safety they i think they found two or three guys that could plug in they can make it work uh, scott nelson's a redshirt freshman that got some work with the first team defense this spring that's really stepped up a big guy about six two uh and always he's he's he is attached to dixon's hip and that note uh, when it comes to you know learning from him is only a, you know he's a scout team player of the year last year on defense and so we'll see how he continues to progress. Patrick Johnson was uh, lost for most of last year, but he stepped up uh, during the spring. I thought both of those guys did a good job. And Pat Burrell, uh, who's in a, like a redshirt sophomore like Johnson, uh, that'll be interesting. But cornerback, I mean, that's a, you know, I mean, I think there's talent there. It's unproven, so it's going to be interesting to see how they do against Western Kentucky the week before, and then heading into New Mexico. But 
you know, Fayon Hicks and, you know, Fayon Hicks, uh, gosh, there's so many, uh, Madison Cohn, Caesar Williams, they're going to compete for the number two cornerback spot next to, uh, Dante Carrier Williams, who is going to be a redshirt sophomore, who was the third cornerback last year when they went to a nickel sub package. And so he played a lot. So he's now the new leader of this, you know, the cornerbacks with Dixon being the leader of the secondary. So, I mean, they they have some questions to answer but you saw a rotation start in the spring uh, there are some question marks though uh and it's going to be one thing this year where this may mirror what it was in 2011 and 2010 where the offenses were really good those years but the defense you know in 10 was really good in 11 2011 the, that cost wisconsin a potential national championship year with two hail marys at the end of the games uh, costing wisconsin potentially a perfect season so uh before going into the rose bowl so i mean it, i it, We'll see what they do, especially with road games at Michigan, at Penn State, and then they also go to Iowa. They go to Northwestern with, you know, everyone say no, Northwestern's not that big, but Northwestern going to Ryan Field has always been a pain in Wisconsin's side until they won in 2016 uh, during that season. So a uh, long-winded answer. I mean, the defense is the biggest question mark. <laughs> yeah, defense is, a long, is the biggest question mark right now for Wisconsin, and they have the talent there, uh, I'd say, at, you know, three of the – four major positions there uh, i'm still uh, not to say i'm skeptical about the defensive line but i'm just wondering you know they said that they have players that, at that position i'm just wondering who <laughs> really you know besides yeah. you know vopal louder milk and uh and rand at ends uh who else they need at least i think two more ends to step up there uh, and they have a true freshman nose tackle by the name of bryson williams who i think asserted himself all right as a, uh, a true freshman going straight from high school into uh, his first spring set of spring practices. I mean, he's physically ready. Anoki Brechterfield, the defensive line coach told me early in spring. Now it's just getting them the techniques and the fundamentals. So, uh, and, and he's attached to Sanga Paulu's hip as well when it comes to drills. So, I mean, the young kids know how to work. It's now just getting it down. Well, uh, I didn't even talk about on the offensive side about young guys, uh, Aaron Crookshank, a wide receiver who could be really special, but you know, we'll see how that comes. But, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting, man. There's some question marks. Yeah, looking through, it looks like pr- decent production, but just like the depth. It's like you, you mentioned how many starters are gone. They have a, they always have a good recruiting class, at least obviously compared to New Mexico and even most of the league and country. They're always up there. It's always a question mark. Even if you, know, you got this true freshman, four-star guy, should be great, sizes there, but he's never played before. Or he played six games last year as a backup. So that's always a concern. So with this, one thing where I think – kind of chat about the Lobos for a moment here. The way their offense works, it's all, last year was kind of a step back where they run the most. If you've never seen their offense, I always tell people, watch New Mexico football because it's probably the most unique offense in the country for what they do. They'll run pistol. They'll run diamond. They'll run the veer option. They'll run a true triple option with a fullback. They'll run the most, most unique run option attack, more so than Army, Georgia Tech, Air Force, even going the opposite end with what you see like Urban Meyer, Ohio State, the spread stuff he did at Utah and play other places across the country that run Mike Leach at Washington State. Watch what they do because it's just fun. Problem is this year, or last year, the talent wasn't there. They weren't having guys breaking off 50 yards, being number one in the country in yards per play and rushing. And total rushing yards are up there. They have a new OC coming in from Arizona. But with the way this uniqueness of the offense goes from New Mexico and their running attack, is there, you mentioned the new guys on, on defense stepping up. I think the Lobos can make a a couple of plays. There'll be some big play. Like when you play an offense you've never seen, is that, is that a concern for you? The way they type this offense, you could be facing just because it's so different from anything 
Wisconsin has seen. I mean, that's a great point to point out. If they can run multiple schemes like that and multiple types of offense, I mean, it, Wisconsin, you know, a lot of times you'll, you know, like a Northwestern will be spread, but then they go to Iowa and they'll play a pro style mm-hmm. set, right? Where two tight ends, like a 21 or 12, 22 personnel, 12 personnel type stuff. We'll see. I think they'll be prepared for it. I, I think the talent's there. There may be times, like even last year, with how good the defense was, they had miscommunication in the secondary at times where against Florida Atlantic, which turned out to possibly be one of the best games that they won, uh, you know, based off of what Lane Kiffin did mm-hmm. out down there in uh, Boca Raton. You uh, I mean, honestly, you know, they gave up a 65 yard touchdown pass, right? And so they, they, they had, at times, the secondary gave up, gave up some big plays. Uh, early on, and so if you, they can capitalize on that, you know, communication, you know, gaps here and there, maybe they'll see. You know, I would say they'll have at least some game film from Western Kentucky to capitalize. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even early last year too, I mean, Utah State they were tied at halftime and that season opener <laughs> somehow. And, it, and it, yeah, yeah, I mean, this bad, you know, gosh, I forgot what exactly what happened there, but just I think it was an interception. And the, yeah, there's an interception. Probably Jalen Davis did something. I'm betting. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, you know, what I mean, so this team. You know, they have to get off. I mean, they should win in yeah. probably handily, mm-hmm. but I mean, they're they could expose some just you know just. It's different. That's all it armor, is. It's so know? different yeah. than what anybody sees. That's like any non-conference game you play. It's like okay, I know this team runs this, and with the new OC, but they're not going to change too much what they're doing because they fired their old OC. He thinks he's the head coach not Georgia Southern. He was at Stephen uh, Sam Houston State before, but it's just that crazy run attack where. It's just so different. It's like anytime I tell us anybody, when when you play Air Force, like when they played Michigan, Oklahoma, you're not going to – this is different than New Mexico, but you're not going to blow that team out. You might win by 17 points, but it's going to be a really hard-earned 17-point victory against that team. The, this offense is kind of like that, but they don't have the players. Like, Had this been the New Mexico team from two years ago when they were co-division champs, they beat Boise State, that's a, they still probably wouldn't beat Wisconsin, but it would be much more of a fun type of game. I still think they'll be a player or two, but you're right. They'll probably, I think, isn't the early line, what, 24 points, 28 points this one? I think it's out there. That's probably safe to say because Lobo's defense is just dreadful. <laughs> it hasn't been good forever. And I'm afraid who Taylor is going to run for 400 yards against in the poor Lobo linebacker trying to tackle him or something. So that's the real concern. Or, hey, you need depth at running back? Here's some reps in the New Mexico game for you guys. <laughs> Right. No, I mean, that'll be interesting to see how much they, they utilize them. And I mean, it's anything, many things can happen to you. You know, you don't want injuries on players, uh, obviously, but that's always, I mean, Wisconsin, I mean, before Taylor's emergence, uh, Bradrick Shaw and Chris James, I was on board with a big one, two punch last year. And I liked Chris James so much. I thought he could be, I thought he could be a Heisman candidate and now he's going to be probably a, a third down running back. Uh, and you know, it really, I mean, cause he flashed both being a player that could go out of the backfield on a screen pass or could go and, you know, run, you know, run between the tackles as well, or do some speed option work uh, when it came to our speed sweep works. So, yeah, honestly. So, I mean, like I said, they both got kind of dinged up here and there. And next thing you know, a true freshman is working his way possibly yeah. for, a, you know, Doak Walker finalist award. So a lot can change now. Uh, but, I mean, you know, it, uh, Wisconsin should win this, barring any unforeseen circumstances. But, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see how that – I mean, like I said, offense should roll. Defense, you know, waiting to see those unproven players step up. So what's your – like? Not a score prediction, but like, what's your expectation? Like, she usually win by at least three touchdowns. Would that be a comfortable enough win for you? 
I think so, like three or four touchdowns. Oh, I get 24 points. I I think with the way the offense, if you're you're saying how bad New Mexico's defense is Mm -hmm. and how Wisconsin could be, that's going to be the key matchup there. I think Wisconsin just, I mean, if if they can't stop Jonathan Taylor, they will run the ball down the throat uh, until it's, you know, until the game's out of hand. And so if they're going to keep giving it to him, um, I don't, I wouldn't see why not. Uh, And, you know, if they can't, they somehow stuff Jonathan Taylor, the passing game, they got, like I said, four capable wide receivers. They have two tight ends that, I mean, they have to replace Troy Fumagalli on offense. They'll have to also replace Austin Ramish, the fullback, the versatile fullback that left over Hurricanes in the Orange Bowl uh, back in uh, in uh, December. But really, it, you know, it that offense should roll. So if they, you can't, you know, if you stuff them in the running game, you're going to have to see what the four wide receivers can do out in the open field too. So, uh, but no, I think Wisconsin wins handily. You know, if it's anything lower than 21 points for a win, that's when I'd get. You know, that's when I think it'd be. That'd be more eyebrow maybe, raised, maybe. Yeah, I, <laughs> I would. Yeah, that or just like okay, they they should really should have blown them out, and they know that they have to improve. Yeah. And so then I'd feel bad for BYU after that. But <laughs> uh, but yeah, but no, this team. I mean, the, the, Paul Chris has his team. They know they have to improve each day. You know, they know they have a long ways to go. They're going through. They started up summer conditioning last week so and they're getting some of the other true freshmen in after their high school careers are wrapping up for track uh, like some of the wide receiver commits so i mean really it's you know the guys get to work they have the right mentality now it's just uh you know piece by piece putting it together uh, and seeing if they can get to that college football playoff excellent i think we've covered quite a bit and plenty for logo fans to know how to say go heights go say hi to the tailgate get your enjoyment in before the game because during the game it's probably not going to be too pretty after the first quarter maybe hey maybe they'll surprise us who knows right maybe it'll be a little bit interesting and then there'll be a late blowout because there's three fourth quarter touchdowns that might be the best thing the Lobo fans may want to hear it's like all right it's a seven point game maybe not for you but 10 point game but fourth quarter then wisconsin blows it open that might be the best of both a 30 point win but it's close until the fourth quarter that, that's <laughs> right that's gonna be sort of helpful for both sides right right no i think you guys are <laughs> right i mean like yeah, like I said, make sure you guys check out the the tailgate. People yes. are really good about things. Uh, it was kind of, I mean, it, unless you're going, unless you're a Minnesota fan or a Nebraska fan or Iowa fan, that's when it gets kind of. Not that people get mean. Sometimes they can't. Some you always, fan bases always have those few people that are very always. Uh, yeah, yeah, not nice. But I mean, go up and enjoy the game. People are, aren't gonna bite your head off. Wisconsin fans are, from what I can tell, good people. So make sure you guys enjoy that. You Here's know, what you do. Enjoy time. If you're from Lobos. Bring the green chili for the tailgate to mix with the brats. That, that could be interesting. That's got I, I'm I've only been to Mexico like twice. I never knew about green chili until a couple years ago, but that seems like it'd be a good, good topping for a brat, possibly. It could. I mean, we'd have to tinker with it, but yeah, I think you could. <laughs> Just go bring something to trade, man. Here's uh, my green chili. Give me a brat. See how it goes, right? Exactly. All right. So thank you, Jake, so much for hopping on with us. Um, everybody, check him out on Twitter, Jake. Coco B5Q. That's a KOCO, Bucky's fifth quarter. Also, you are the co author, as we discussed before, the walk on this way over at uh, KCISports.com. And it looks like Amazon still. Is that correct? You can pick it up there? Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Please and, do. And, uh, please do. Always fun. Yes. And if you listen to this show, you've heard about former walk on, current walk on, stuff like that. So they're still going on. There's all the players. They seem to find guys like, hey, we can make this guy pretty good. Ends up being a star for the team at some position. So. It's always a good read to learn about those guys because it's uh, those are the fun stories too. There's always it's it's just good stories. Go get the book. That's all I'm saying. Go check it out if you want to hear college football history, walk on stuff because they have one of the 
Would you say it's the best walk-on tradition possibly in college football or up there? I yeah, currently yeah. Um, just say yes at your up. book. Come on, yes. just say yes. Yeah, it, no, no, I'm definitely <laughs> yes. I mean, Nebraska. You still you still hear Nebraska fans. Oh, we mm-hmm. had these guys. I'm like, well, did you take a look at the most recent stuff? I mean, you know, uh, it's a, you know, and not. I mean, Nebraska knows rebuilding uh, ever since Osborne and then the, them firing Frank Solich, uh, which I'm still. Uh, you, you look what you got now with uh, with who you've had with Callahan and then. Bo Pelini and Mike Riley. So I'm sure Scott Frost has made it. He said he's made it an emphasis to get the walk-ons back uh, on track there. But yeah, Wisconsin by far, in my opinion, uh, you know, the, the consistency and who they've churned out in terms of all Americans, uh, NFL bound players, even just, like I said, from, it's not just those that are contributing on special teams. You look at what they've, they're doing with consistent starters, all conference players uh, that, you know, Burlesworth trophy finalists, uh, whatnot, they, you know, Wisconsin's, they've built that up and it's not going anywhere, anywhere anytime soon. Excellent. That's for sure. So check that out and check out uh, Bucky's fifth quarter.com. And thank you for hopping on with me. hope I'm hoping we do a bunch of these uh, down the road for all these non-conference opponents. It'll be fine. And so, yeah, Jake, thanks for hopping on and everyone else who's tuning in. Um, you know where to find us. iTunes uh, sound or no, excuse me. Let me edit that. We haven't been on that forever. iTunes for sure. Basically wherever you can buy a podcast for free, we're there for you. So check us out, all those fun places, uh, Stitcher, everything you want to go, I guess, tune in as well. But until next time, folks, we'll see you then.